Previously on This Is How We Roll. The facts also show that Brian Blackblood, Blackblood came into the house earlier today on a, quote, round. And we found this thread. Hold up the blue thread. Which matches <laughs> Shay Veros' dress. Uh, we conclude that Shay Veros and Brian Blackblood came together to kill Wilhelmine, change his will in benefit of the town. So Shay and Brian, you are under arrest. Yeah, I killed him and Brian helped me. The party surrounds them before they can make a break for it. And Argent looks heartbroken and is sitting in the corner, just looking heartbroken. You all head back to the inn where you were staying for the night with Sylvia and she gives you a meal for uh, before you go to bed and just shakes her head and says, I can't believe this happened in our town. I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And she takes her leave of you. And uh, yeah, and then you, you take a nice night's sleep, feeling that you did a good job. So you wrap up this super fun party at Wilhelmine's <laughs> and you come back to the ice pick in very late at night after you have made the call to arrest Shea Veros and Brian Blackblood. And Sylvia Martin accompanies you and Branthos back to the ice pick in where you have a nice, very late night meal and everyone goes to their assigned room in the inn to try to get some rest. And uh, let's see. And so now Branthos is staying at the end because you all are scheduled to leave for Gold Hill City the next morning. This next section is going to be mostly for you, Genril. Oh. So Genril, while you're sleeping in the inn for the remainder of the night after the party, you are awoken by a loud clap of thunder and a bright flash of lightning. Ooh. despite the clear skies that you saw earlier in the evening, the inn is abandoned. So you wake up and you take a look around the inn and it's abandoned and you feel a strong pull to the front door of the inn. You open the front door and you exit the inn and at the end of the street in Termic, you see a great figure standing between you and the peak of Gold Hill City Mountain. The figure crackles with lightning and energy pulses through the ground. He signals for you to come to him and you feel compelled to do so. And could you do a quick religion check for me, please? Is that my 20 side again? Yes, uh, it's a D20 and you should have a religion skill that you get some bonus points for. Okay, 11 plus... No, I have zero religion skills, believe it or not. Even though I'm a cleric, that's weird. Oh, wow. So I have 11. So... You realize or recognize immediately this figure as the deity of your religion, Talos. And Talos speaks to you in a booming voice that sounds like a torrent of rain. He says, Your time has come, Genril Greenbottle. You have served me well, but you are now called for a higher purpose. You were destined to journey with these travelers, and you will have a part to play in their story. The world of men and gods alike are preparing for war. Channel my power and help them on their way. And he points his sword to the ground and a great bolt of lightning strikes at your feet. 
The electricity burns the ground and the light is intense and blinding. When it fades, there is a glowing, hot, jagged object laying at your feet. You pick it up and examine it. And what you find is a shield made of glass and stone. And it is called the Shield of Storms. And I can give you some fun information about that in a bit. And he says, do you accept this call? I do. I do, Talos. I do. Excellent. Thank you. This reminds me of my dear parents, the green bottles of Willowdale, who told me many stories of your power. They were killed by a rampaging goat, and I was sent to live with two terrible dwarf ants. One was very skinny, and one was very fat. You came to me in a dream of the sea, and I escaped those terrible creatures, and I went to the temple on the shore of the Sea of the Falling Stars. When my training was complete, I knew I needed to find this group of, of adventurers and I would help them find their way, and hopefully my true purpose will be revealed. Is that so, Talos? That is so. I thought I had discovered my purpose in that bard, but clearly he was not the adventurer I was to serve. So yes, I accept with great honor this beautiful shield of storms. Then you have my blessing, and he puts his sword straight up into the sky, and a great bolt of lightning comes down and strikes it, and he taps you on both of your shoulders with it, and the electricity actually causes you to black out. And when you look up and you come to, Talos is gone and you're back in your room in the inn. However, when you take a look around your room, you see a glistening new shield leaning against the end of your bed. And that is, uh, that's that. And it's morning. Morning. You got so, it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you all got a good night's sleep. Everybody's well rested. And Branthos said that you would start pretty early this next morning. And Argent, has secured a cart for you uh, and he's going to bring your horses back so that they can pull your cart and take you up the road to Gold Hill City in style. And uh, the party, I, I wrote here that the party has asked Genril to join them on their quest, having ascertained that she is a good person and in line with their own belief system. Plus, she seems to have powers that none of them can, uh, none of them do, so she could prove useful. So why don't you all, uh, let's, let's say you're all having breakfast in the inn. And just uh, talk about your quest and what's coming up and uh, maybe get Genril's confirmation that she's going to come with you. Hey, Genril, you want to join us for some breakfast? I would love to. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what's for breakfast? Anything you want. We, we saved this town so they've given us anything. <laughs> and I'm going to pick up my fancy new shield and uh, bring it down to breakfast. Might I suggest the fairy testicles? <laughs> Can I have them in an omelet? Absolutely. Please. When you get the, that shield, I haven't seen it before on you. <laughs> Aside to the dungeon master, am I allowed to tell them what happened? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. My, the God that I serve Talos came to me in a vision last night and I was drawn from the inn and a great bolt of lightning hit the ground and this beautiful sword of stone storms was left for me to, to, accept and he also told me that i should go with you on this quest so yes i'm in you're in even though you don't know what the quest is yes i believe my true purpose will be revealed when i help you find the end of your journey and i got this cool shield that is a very cool shield i i kind of want it very very cool shield so you want to come with us huh you don't even know where we're going 
No, I, I believe this is my calling. I believe, um, I mean, I'm curious as to where you're going, but I'm, I believe that I am to go with you. The purpose will reveal itself as we travel. Right when, uh, right when General says this, Sylvia Martin, the innkeeper, actually comes with your breakfast and sits down on the table and she says, where, where is it that you're going after all? Oh, don't let speak at once, please. <laughs> We're going to the Golden City. I don't Sylvia. know where I would help. Where, uh, to Gold Hill City, um, if it's even still there. I believe it's been abandoned for quite some time. Oh, yes. It's been many years, I think. Well, I better get back to work. Yeah, stop eavesdropping, Sylvia. <laughs> Do you guys know any place where we can buy some fresh armor here? Mine is not going to cut it. Uh, who, are you asking your teammates or for asking Sylvia? Uh, Gendro might know. <laughs> I was I was asking my teammates. Oh. The- Yes, there is. I believe there is a store right across the street from the pub, if I do recall, that sells um, delicately used goods. So you might find something that you could use. Yeah, you might. I forget the name of the of the establishment, but it was revival. Revival. It's called Revival. It's a thrift. Is could we stop at Revival before we leave the town? Sure. Why not? Sounds like a plan. Should we have a we have a group huddle? So real quick, um, as you all are eating your breakfast and talking about trying to go and uh, shop a little bit, you hear a clatter of hoofs outside of the front of the inn and Branthos pulls up in front of the inn in a covered wagon pulled by your three three horses from the grove and he hops off the cart and says, this should do the trick. But before we take off, I have something for you. And he clambers onto the back of the cart and pulls down a large chest. From the top of the chest, he pulls a sealed letter with the unmistakable crest of Wilhelmine Smith's family embossed on a waxy stamp. When you open the letter, the reader, uh, who's who's opening the letter? Who's got their book learning? Oh, I think I clearly yeah, do. I, I think, think I... that's probably the best chance. <laughs> yeah, so Genril, you take the letter and you open it and you see a letter written by Orlin the butler in his flowery script and you read it and I'll read it in his voice. It says as a token of appreciation for your help in solving my master's murder. I wanted to give you some items that I knew he would want you to have. Each of you will find a small package in this chest with your name on it. These items may come in handy for you. And I do hope that you will come visit me at the estate when you are in town. Best of luck. Sorry for the emotional outburst, Orlin. And it's signed Orlin. And so you look into the chest and you find four wrapped packages. And uh, yeah, are, uh, each, of you, each of you unwraps your box and this is what you find. Uh, and you'll want to make a, just a quick note of the name of the item. It doesn't have any stats or anything attached to it, but I'll explain what exactly it is. Flint, you receive a box of 10 cigars. Does it go in treasures if you're if you're putting it in our um former? I would probably put it with equipment. Equipment. Okay, thank you. Um, because these will be usable. Okay, thank um, you. Genril, you get a box of various sweets, uh, ten of them. Sweets. Felosio, you get a necklace with ten wooden beads Ooh. on it. And Mayscor, you get a hat. And you can uh, you can kind of tell me you know, what kind of hat, although I was picturing sort of a green bowler hat for some reason. (laughs) I also picture a green bowler hat. I was going like stocking cap with a big pom-pom at the end. 
I can't really blend in that way. Uh, I'm going to take a, 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 bolder cla- a bolder cap, uh, maybe a, a darker green. How about that? Oh, okay. Like a forest green? A forest a green. A forest green LA bowler green. cap. Love it. And it's it's very fine silken material. Uh, I, I do um, love that so, Orlin fellow. Too bad he couldn't come with us. True, true. Well, someone has to manage the estate now that Wilhelmine is kaput. And real quick, let me, uh, I need to find one of my sheets real quick to explain these items to you. I'm not going to tell you everything about them, but basically these are going to be a random use item for each of you, meaning each of your items can have a variety of effects. For example, Macecore, your hat is actually a hat of random disguises. Oh, so when you put your hat on you, uh, which you can do, you can use it once per long rest and the effect will last for 10 minutes. And what looks like, a dark green bowler hat actually holds a mysterious power that magically transforms you into a visually different person. You, When you put it on, you'll roll a D10, and that will tell me on this list which of the disguises you transform into oh, when you fun. put the hat on. And so you can take a chance with that in certain situations, and you never know. Uh, you might get something useful, or you might get something that's super <laughs> not helpful. Um, can I? Is it once per what? Like, like how often once per long rest. Okay. And I guess, yeah, yours is probably like kind of unlimited uses since it's a hat. Philosial, you got a necklace that is made up of beads of random helpfulness. There are 10 beads on it. When you pull a bead off of the necklace, they're like a balsa wood or something. You use that as an action or you can do it out of combat and you toss it on the ground. It breaks open and forms into something, quote, useful. Um, this could range from any everyday items to magical one-use weapons. And again, you're not going to know exactly what you're getting until you roll and I'll tell you. Sweet. Flint, you got a box of cigars of random smokes. <laughs> box of cigars are various colors and smells and labels, and they each give off a different kind of smoke determined with a roll of a D10. And some of the smokes have effects on people, on the environment, Um, Some useful, some probably not. But again, you know, it could come in handy in certain situations. And Genril, your candies of random stuff. Uh, (laughs) There are 10 wrapped candies in a box and they have various magical and non-magical effects when consumed or unwrapped. So again, you basically pick a candy, either eat it or unwrap it. And I will tell you what happens when you roll a D10. Do I have to decide whether just to unwrap it or to eat it? Or am I unwrapping it and something might happen? If something is going to happen when you just unwrap it, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but most of them, I think you're going to eat them. It just explodes okay. in your hand. <laughs> it blows your arm off. Violet, Violet. No, so I'll, I'll, say that, I'll say that none of these things are going to, like, kill you. Um, so it's, you know, I just wanted to give you something that, throws a little bit of randomness into some of your encounters um, and maybe forces you outside the box. I can't wait till Mace Core just has the typical like nose and mustache like disguise that you get as a little kid. <laughs> the Groucho <laughs> Marks nose. Yeah. Awesome. Right. I'll okay. turn into Mario. It's a me, Mario. It's a me, a Mace Core. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like the funny thing is that if you, um, if you all had an idea actually for like a specific effect or item that you want with those just let me know and i can add it to the list i think we should do it for each other <laughs> oh. i think yeah, that would be cool. even better i think if we each got to like call 
on the other. Yeah, that would be really funny. That would keep it. What random. happens if we land on the same number? Yeah, that'll be good. Or is that number out then? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be highlighting the ones that get used. And then um, if you roll a number, I'll just go to the next okay. one. Cool. Yeah. Um, except maybe for Mace Core, depending on. Actually, you know what? With his, if he uses one, I'll just add a new one. You'll get a new disguise to the list each time. Is, is there um, any yeah. way for me to take my amulet and put it onto this necklace or I'm just wearing two necklaces now? Yeah, you could you could thread it okay. on there. I think that they're, uh, yeah. Like I'll yeah, just we'll like combine them somehow. Maybe I'll just wrap them around each yeah, yeah. other. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Accessories are the bomb. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to get like weighed down by necklaces though, yeah. obviously. Um, all right, excellent. So those were the gifts from Wilhelmine's estate from Orlin because he's grateful. Should, um, um, and sorry. Uh, hey, everyone, should we send something to Orlin as a thank you? That would be lovely. What do we have? Um, we could, I mean, we could write a note or something even. I don't know. Do we have anything? Do you guys have anything extra that you're not using that we could give to him? I don't really. A sock, maybe? <laughs> um, He's not a house elf. <laughs> not a house elf. Exactly. I use my stale bread. I would say that would be. I don't have it anymore. That made the queasy break shoving. So. I was gonna say my Tide Pod, but I think I'm gonna never use it for. I feel like just I have in case. my king's like... crown from the mummy cavern. Does it have any powers? Uh, apparently no. It's just uh, a crown that I could give for money, but I feel like now who knows what it's gonna happen to him. Well, can we. I think a note. A note to okay. Orlin will suffice. Yeah, we, we solved the murder in his house. Yeah, but his so, owner yeah, was, yeah. well, not his owner. You know. He's fine. Okay. He's a... We'll write a really nice okay. note to him and send it on. I have, really, I have beautiful stationery yeah. from my um, time at the Star of the Seas Seminary. Oh, like, so is here, it sparkly? I... Are there actually stars in it that sparkle? It's dark blue and sparkly, and I'll write with a silver pen. Okay. Perfect. Well, you write it and sign my name no, as well. Want, to say, I plus. want to see you sign your name. <laughs> I'm going to write Felosio with the F backwards. <laughs> no, I can't write. How dare you? Here, put your X, pumpkin. Here is the, here's the silver pen. <laughs> I, I grab my cigar and try and write with that. Like, no, no. And we leave, um, should we leave the note with um, Sylvia to, to send to Orlin? Yeah. Okay. We we send we give Sylvia one gold piece. Yes. For her troubles. Okay. Oh my! Thank you very much. I'll do it. I, I will. I'll pay for that. So I will take it off my gold. I wink at Sylvia too as I leave. Oh, that's a wink for Sylvia. Does it hit? It's a wink. I have charisma though. Should I do a charisma check? Oh yeah. Whoa! Oh, what? Yeah. I didn't know this could happen in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. Oh boy. I get because I did um that thing back in like. The second week, I have two times romance. Does this count? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. About to leave town, sir. Maybe you should have rolled this dice a little earlier. <laughs> I got a 19. Ooh. With the bonuses? There's always time for... Yes. She blushes um, and, and, and thanks you and says that uh, you should stop by the next time you're in town. Hubba, hubba. Nice one, Mace Core. Sounds like, sounds like a plan. See you soon. Oh, and she just she is loving that. She just giggles and waves. <laughs> I give Mace Core a fist pound. That was so smooth. I like whisper to him really loudly so that she can hear it too. I say, teach me your ways. We don't have time for such things. Can we get going? 
I'll teach you in the mountain. Bran- Actually, yes, Branthos is sitting on the, the cart again, and he's uh, kind of tapping his foot impatiently. And then he says, uh, get, on the bo- get on board so we can hit the road. Patience, my friend. Patience. Can I ride on one of the horses that's pulling the wagon? Sure. I'm sure they'll like that. Nice. That's where I'm sitting. All right. Where's everybody else plopping down? It's a big, it's a big uh, wagon. There's like, I'd say there's enough room for three people across the actual driver's seats and plenty of room inside. I think I should sit with Branthos. I think I should be up keeping an eye on things. All right. I'm going to sit watching the back of the wagon. Uh, in, the, in the wagon, but watching, you know, the back end. Okay, nice. I'm going to lay down inside. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay. There's such a Take a nap. nap. That, is, that is on brand for Flint. I pr- applaud Flint, that. Flint, we just woke up. Flint, 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 he had a big breakfast. He needs a little night. Sorry. <laughs> You're all boring me. Um, all right, so Branthos says... Um, Branthos yeah. turns to you, Gunrill, and says, this cart should be able to take us most of the way there. I made a couple of improvements to it myself. I hope you brought some warm clothes, though, because it will surely be cold when we get up into the mountains. I know the way, but I might need your keen eyes at some point in the, in the journey. Settle in and we'll be on our way. The journey shouldn't take us more than the light of the day today. Hopefully we can camp outside the city gates and go inside tomorrow morning. And and the day's ride goes smoothly as you clamber north away from Terme. And you go further northward and toward the peak of one of the tallest mountains that you could see from the town of Termic. And uh, eventually, though, the horses begin to find the going a bit tougher and the pace slackens because the snow is growing thick. Um, and Branthos says, it doesn't look like we'll be making it there in one go after all. Best set up, set up camp so we have some light to do it. And so he stops the cart and pulls it over. And he says, all right, what, what can each of you do to help me set up the camp? Uh, was it really necessary to pull over? I don't think anyone else is on this road. Well, he pulled it into like a safe spot. I can make a fire. All right. What about the rest of you? You, the lazy dwarf, what are you doing? Uh, fuck off. Such <laughs> language, my friend. And he says uh, He says to you, ah, well, make yourself useful if you're going to lay there. Grab that lever over on the side of the cart and give it a turn. And uh, he points to a large crank arm on the side of the wagon on the inside uh, paneling. Uh, so, Flint. All right. All right. Are you going to turn it? So I'm going to crank it. Yeah. All right, he so cranks Flint it the wrong way. In, Flint is sitting inside yeah. of the uh, inside of the wagon, cranking it, and um, everybody <laughs> everybody else is uh, like going about setting up this camp. And Flint, um, what happens when you crank this uh, lever is that the covered wagon actually automatically opens out, and it forms uh, as the body of the cabin uh, or the body of the wagon kind of like drops down around the wheels and then spreads out and the canvas and the trusses that held it up actually form into a sort of temporary cabin that sits on the ground. Ooh, um, nice. And so you don't actually really have to build a tent or anything of that nature. And uh, Felosial, there's actually a space on the ground in the middle of where the cabin has been built. And there's a space for a fire right in the middle um, with a chimney that has opened up in the canvas. Does he have firewood or did I have to go collect that? Uh, you probably collected some, okay. so you can give me a give me a survival check and see how much you gathered. And in the meantime, Macecor, you were told to uh, handle the horses, and Branthos gave you a feed bag. Um, 
And uh, Genril, you are kind of helping him with all these tasks and you notice that he's remarkably efficient and seems to be a good survivor. Um, and he was a, a hermit, so he's been living on his own for quite some time. Um, I got a nine for survival uh, together. Okay, so you found you found a pile of wood. It's not like a giant pile of dry firewood, though. It's a little wet, so I have to use my produce flame on it for a while to dry it out. Yeah, yeah, you're like holding your hands over it and just continuing to produce flame until they catch. Okay. I'm still admiring how well I just cranked <laughs> it. Good for you. Do you need another nap? Do you um, need to lay down? Well, for a well done, Flint. <laughs> can I um if I wanted to do something magical does that have to be a turn or do I say it and just No, do it? yeah, you can do that um out of out of an encounter you can do it whenever. Okay, so I would I was thinking that it, I can guys, come here. Yeah. Um I was thinking I would I know we it seems that everything is kind of safe but I thought I would put a ring of spirit guardians around us for the evening. That that sounds like a great plan. Okay, I'm going to do that. Uh, I knew we brought you all along right. for a good reason. How does, uh, oh, yeah. I got all kinds of stuff. You don't even know. I've been reading. How does that work exactly? One action in duration. The duration. Hello. I call forth spirits to protect you. They flit around the circle at a distance of 20 feet for the duration. If I am good, their spectral form appeal, appears angelic or fey. If you're evil, they appear fiendish. When I cast this spell, I designate any number of creatures that I can see to be unaffected by. So we can all, like, we are not affected by the angel gotcha. I'm about to cast. Cool. Nice. So that's basically like a little force field around your camp. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, so I just put a little force field around the camp. Boom. We're safe. Um, well, you said, what right. can I do? I thought I might have some sort of magical thing to do. So I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this tallow seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's amazing. Is that a specific level spell? It is. It is a, um, hang on, I think it's a four. Uh, three. Three. Okay, so just make sure on your last page that you're keeping track of how many spells of each level you're using. just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who reviewed us on iTunes, including Mama Labs and Shayla BD. Thank you so much for the rate and review. It helps others notice us on iTunes or wherever they're listening. And I also want to remind everyone to take a look in our show notes, and that's where you can find all of our contacts, including Twitter, Tumblr, and email and check us out thank you so much for listening and let's get back to the show
So once you have established your camp, the sun is starting to set. Mace Corps has fed the horses, I presume. And Branthos says, I think it's about time you tell me exactly what brings us to Gold Hill City. And I might have a thing or two I can tell you about the old place that could come in handy when we're in there if I know a little bit more about your mission. And so he wants to know the full tale of exactly what brings you here. As would I. Well, it all started when I was three years old. Maybe don't go back quite that far, lassie. I, I don't know. The, the druids sent us, and I mean, I guess I'm one of them, so I sent myself, but uh, it all came from Queen Lenora. Is she a queen? She's like the high priestess. The high priestess Lenora, she sent us because we had weird visions, but my vision wasn't quite the same as other people's. Brantos, do you know about one bad mamajama called Buriel? I can't say that I, I know that name. Well, he's a very bad sorcerer, and he is back and wants to kill everyone mm. but one of the ways to stop him are in the mountain of uh the sword or the the axe of the old king in the mountain mm. interesting some bad mashugana interesting <laughs> i'm kvetching over here with the mashugana so branthos listens to your tale and intuits that you're leaving some things out which you obviously are um, because we don't have all day but once you say what it is that you're looking for. So, Mace Corps, when you describe this weapon and an old king, Branthos says, I think I might know the thing you're looking for. It had some sort of proper name once, but when I was a kid, the legends just called it the Terruptor. It was a great war hammer, the likes of which has not been seen since. The king who founded Gold Hill City 550 years ago was the one who forged the Terruptor himself out of the finest steel, gold, silver, and wood that the earth ever produced. That king's name was Bane. They say it took him they say it took him a full week of work on the thing without a rest, and that he used the fire from a young dragon to heat the metals. People say that Bane himself had some unique powers and that, that hammer absorbed some of them. It was said that the Terruptor could literally literally move mountains at his command and would only respond to his touch. When others tried to use it, it was no better than a common pickaxe. So the legends say, while Old Bane used his hammer in many a battle, and he won great riches with his, for his people here at Gold Hill City, using his hammer, he opened up chambers and depths of the earth never before seen by the dwarves, and his people prospered. They say that's what eventually led to his downfall, and indeed the fall of the city. It was never enough for him. His heart was corrupted by power and greed and eventually lost sight of his purpose. Well, anywho, I don't know if the thing you're looking for is in the city or if it ever even existed. Such things tend to be exaggerated by the dwarves, as you know, looking at Flint. As for the city itself, well, there are strange tales that have come out of the city for the last hundred years. None have lived there in a long while, but yet people fear the place. It has a darkness lying on it. I myself haven't ventured past the entry chambers in many, many years. Not since my grandfather was among the last to truly leave the city have I been beyond that. I do not know what we'll find there, but we must be vigilant. I trust the four of you will keep us safe, but you can never be too careful. What sorts of things did you bring with you to help us on our way? And just if you could quickly, and this is for everyone's benefit, mine, because I don't know what you all have. And also for you all, because I think each of you probably has at least a few items that you've completely forgotten that you have. <laughs> um, so if we could just like quickly 
everyone describe uh, to the group what items you you have and just to remind us what you've got. That would be like awesome. your equipment and and things like that. Yeah, yeah, like anything that would be useful in these okay. upcoming battles. I can go. Want me to go first? Sure. I go ahead. Have a, I I have a lightning mace of Talos. I have a crossbow. I have two shields. I have my old shield and I have a new fancy shield. My shield of storms. I also have my holy symbol of Talos, which no one's noticed yet, but it is a ring. It's just a circle. It's a uh, it's an, a signet ring. And then I also have a pro- I have a healing potion, which is a proper cup of tea. I have an expanding raft, and I have a hawk. Do we want to uh, talk about like the other thing, like just our weapons, or is it everything that we? Anything that could be useful. Spells as well. No, no, no. Spells. You can. Uh, yeah, we know that you've got some magic. Got some stuff. Yeah, I got lots of those things. All right. So I have. Was that it? Yes. For yours. That's- okay. Um, so I have my folded steel warhammer. Um, I have my horseshoe darts. I have my queasy brake shoving. I have two daggers. I have a quiver of 20 arrows. I have my short bow, short sword. I also have my scuttle buddy. Um, I haven't used that yet. I have, oh wait, and I have a, I have a bat, too, which I forget his name. I think it was... Uh, Daddy McBatface. <laughs> Bartholomew the Bat. Yeah, what the hell is my... I just remember it was uh, Patrick Stewart was his voice. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. So, yeah, that's... Oh, and I have my... Uh, my I think it's my wild boar that we can use still. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a tattoo of the beast or something like that. Ooh. That's right. That's why if you're wondering the big tattoo on my face, it's not just for show. <laughs> that is my... That's what they all say. Yeah. I can go next. Um, what do I have? I have, I have a dwarven bow. I have a explosive arrow and regular arrows, and I have a centaur. Additionally, I have I have a cultist cloak, curse two curse spears, axe body spray, a magical raft, three smoke bombs, fourteen spicy meats. I have a hawk named Hockey McHawkface. And in terms of items, I have magical braces that are basically healing braces, Stan Beam's cod piece, my green bowler hat, which I just have and looks beautiful oh, on me. Well, you can't wear that unless you want to have a disguise on. Oh, which so I'm not. You can carry it with you. It's it's currently carried. It's like and it's got been... a strap like a, a kid's cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like strap. Like Woody in Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Woody. I have a set of, I think now, three hearts, which are heart darts, um, my fire breath, and that's that's it. I have a black metal flail, um, a longsword called Warrior's Claymore, and I have the steel in axes that were made specifically for me by Orsic. Um, and then I have just a, a normal shield that's not metal since I'm a druid now too, like a, a Dungeoneer's pack for survival. Um, I have the daggers for leave transport where um, if Jandar ever comes back, he can transport back to us through the leaf. I have the new and the old cult- cultist cloaks. And I have my fake teeth of biting, a king's crown from the mummy cavern, a yeti horn, 
a bottle of Termic wine, a wolf cape, and an elven amulet. So many things. Yeah. Yeah, lots of stuff. No wonder you all are forgetting what you have. <laughs> um, I wrote right, cool. it all down in front of me tonight because I was like, I'm going to remember I mean, what I have got. A lot of the stuff I'm saving to combine into an item when I have the chance. How do you do? You could never mind. We can answer that later. Well, Genril, back in Green Hall, there's this guy named Orsic and this girl who they can um, take anything that you have and like combine it into one item. And you don't know what you're going to get, but I've gotten some pretty cool stuff from them. Oh, that's fascinating. Thing. Yeah. So if you like pick up some random stuff, I mean, I would keep it and then you just throw it all in and see what you can get. Cool. Branthos kind of doesn't have any more questions for you all specifically. And uh, he kind of goes to settle in for the night. And he does suggest that you set a watch just in case, although there aren't really travelers or bandits this far north. But he says that you should probably do that anyways and probably take shifts. Um, so what shifts do y'all want to take for your watch? I only need four hours, so I can take extra time if people need it. And we do have our spirit guardians, so we so can... So um... I can take... How long do you think we'll be sleeping? It's cold, so does that mean the night is longer and we're going to wait till daylight? Yeah, I okay. would say so. I mean, I could take like eight hours if I get the last four, if that's how long we're going to go, about 12 hours. That's very generous. Mm, uh, it's it's a weird area. The nighttime there is like 18 hours. No, I'm just kidding. Hours. Um, it's like Alaska. But uh, Branthos, Branthos says that he wants you all to split the, the shifts and he wants to take one and each person can take two hours and he'll do the first one. Okay. Um, so he offers for you all to bed down two hours into your sleep. Flint, Branthos wakes you up to take first watch and uh, he goes and settles himself into his sleeping bag in the nice warm cabin that you mm-hmm. all are sleeping in. Flint, when you're on watch, so Flint, this is going to be important stuff for you. Um, everybody else, you're sleeping. So just pretend you're not hearing this, um, but I am going to let you actually listen because I don't want him to have to reread everything to you um, <laughs> like we did the last time. So when Flint is on watch, um, Flint, you see a glint of gold in the distance. You have absolutely no ability to resist its pull, and you wander off through the spirit guardians away from the camp into the night. When you reach the glint of gold, you see several images materialize in front of you. Golden sparks glow around you in the snow and begin to form shapes. You can hear whispers of the past as you see the images, and you again see the ancient dwarven king who once ruled at Gold Hill City. He carries a great warhammer back from battle across the narrow bridge above the ravine in front of you, and you hear him say, We're home now, and a great home it shall be. You watch several scenes from his life. He sits atop a great throne with his battle armor resting next to him on a pedestal, ruling over his people as the city thrives. You see him a little older, drinking a great goblet of wine in his chambers, his golden armor now ornate and tight at the chest. The hammer is leaning in the corner, looking a little less intimidating and shined than before. You see him walking through a deep mine, examining the jewels and gold being extracted from the mountain, and you see that he now wears a jeweled cloak. And finally, you see him scrounging in the deepest caves of the mountain, carrying a golden warhammer, which now resembles nothing more than a pickaxe, He ravenously chips away at the metal ores and gems and stuffs them into the pockets of his now filthy jeweled robe. The mountain has gone quiet around him. You no longer see other miners. You see his eyes lock onto something glowing brightly in the darkness, and then the scene goes dark. 
You find yourself once again standing in the snow outside of the mountain across the ravine near your camp. And you see the glow of the golden hammer long in the distance. And you watch as it descends into the mountains. And you see it come to a rest in the deep, deepest, darkest cavern under the earth. And you suddenly know one thing for sure. It is still there to this day. The hammer is real and it is in Gold Hill City. And it's like a whispering spirit saying this to Flint. Being the brave was as stout as could be. The great guy hammer was his to wield. The handle was carved of the mountain oak tree. The head wrought of steel could break any shield. His greed overcame him and the hammer was lost. He went searching for riches and paid a great cost. Now you must find it, elemental warrior of Earth. Go forward and claim what was yours since your birth. Your birth. Your birth. And Flint, you awake from this vision and you find that you're actually still seated next to the fire at the camp. None of the others seem to have noticed the disturbance or your departure, but you're sitting in this cabin looking out and your hair is now wet from fresh snow and you come out of this trance. And uh, yeah, that's the end of that. So what do you want to do? Um, I want to, uh, I want to wake up the, yeah, I want to wake up the crew and let them know what I just saw. All right. Uh, you can like at least wake them up in character and then I, I'll just kind of cut All in right. so you don't actually have to recap everything. Wake up. I'm just in a, in a trance. Flint, what the hell are you yapping about? I'm trying to get some sleep. What is it, Flint? Flint, what is it? I sense you've been through something. I got big news. It's better be good or you, this is it. <laughs> Tell us everything. I don't remember anything. <laughs> oh, God. Then why'd you wake us up? I was hoping someone would chime in and finish it for me. And uh, rest. Right, right as, he, uh, as he says he forgets everything, then it hits him. Um, he remembers the golden hammer and he recaps his entire vision, detailing how the king descended into madness whilst descending deeper and deeper into the earth and how he locked his eyes on something shining and then the scene went dark but he all most importantly flint is adamant that this vision showed him that the the hammer is in the deepest darkest cavern of this city and it is definitely real and definitely still there. That is the feeling that Flint gets really strongly from this vision. And uh, the rest of the night passes without incident. Each of you takes a short watch. And in the morning, Branthos wakes everyone up. And he once again uses the lever in the wagon. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he asks Flint, well, he asks everyone else to leave the wagon and then asks Flint if he'll go back into the wagon and crank it again. Um, and uh, it takes Flint a little... Takes Flint a little while to get warmed up on this cold morning, but once he gets it going, he really cranks it, and uh, he cranks it real good, and the wagon goes, <laughs> <laughs> and the wagon turns back into its original form, and everyone gets back into the wagon, and you are on your way. You know, at the, in the light of day and the slightly softer snow with a nice sunny morning, the going is fairly slow, but you soon come to the narrow stone bridge that crosses a deep ravine. Across the bridge, you can make out the ancient stone gates to the inside of the mountain. As the wagon approaches the front gates of the mountain, you can see the front gates once had great statues of dwarven kings next to them. The statues lie toppled, creating great piles of boulders between which you can make out the dark depths of the city. Well, we're here, says Branthos, 
And uh, yeah, so he pulls the cart up to the front of the city and he stops it there and he looks to you for instruction. Granthos, what's inside of the mountain? Anything we should know about before we go in? Well, it's an underground city. So you're going to see that it's not just a mountain, Mr. Dragon Man, (laughs) but instead it's a beautiful city, or at least it once was. You're going to see the real splendor of the dwarves on display. Are there people still, are there dwarves still here? None that I know of. So it's deserted. Aye, that it is. Should we watch out for anything? Anything you remember from any dangers or perils that have come from being inside? I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard anything specific, but I've heard whispers and, and of course, rumors. And of course, there's said to be a curse that lies on the entire place. But I don't Ooh. really, uh, I don't know if I really subscribe to such things. Which rumors have you heard of? Just curious. I heard that uh, Jennifer Aniston is going to break up with her husband. <laughs> I never took you for a Jennifer a- Aniston man, Br- Branthos. <laughs> I just kidding. Uh, the rumors were just that uh, those who went into the city would get lost or they would never be heard from again. Well, let's go. So of course, it seems like a pretty bad idea, but I guess this is what you're here for. So let's just get it over with. Should we Hansel and Gretel this bitch and make sure we leave some sort of a trail so when we come back out, we can find our way? Maybe once once we're inside, but... Okay, all right. Can we set the horses up to hopefully survive? So you um, you can actually see that the road into the city is wide and flat and paved. So you can easily get your horse cart into the mouth of this giant opening in the side of the mountain. Okay. If you want to, you could take the cart into the mountain. You could leave it outside. It's totally up to you. But as Branthos said, it is a gigantic mountain city. So um, you may want some kind of transportation. I say we just head on in, everyone. Do it. You're very high on our uh, horses in this general. Yeah. Do Do we want to take the cart in at least for a while and then leave them somewhere like uh, Branthos is... This city, like, is there a stable or something inside where we can leave our horses once they're inside? Oh, I am sure we can find a place for them. Yeah. We will die uh, before okay. we sacrifice our horses. <laughs> <laughs> They've made it so far with us. Um, on, yeah, let's let's just drive in and see. Let's start driving. Yeah, in. let's and see, like, the houses and stuff as we go in. Perfect. Lead, lead uh, on, Branthos. All right, then. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, and uh, he spurs the horses on further into the mountain. And you go through the front entrance, and it does get very dark very quickly inside. It is uh, far north and getting into the winter months, or at least it's been um, getting colder. Our light of flame to lead us. So, well, actually, as you as you enter into the mountain, Branthos actually hands each of you a device that looks like a small metal box on a chain necklace. So here's your third necklace, Felocio. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, and he explains, these are fairy lights. They'll burn for a few weeks at a time. I trust that'll be enough time to take care of this foolhardy mission of yours. As long as you keep the chain around your neck, you can always shake the box and it'll give off a glow that's bright enough to see a bit even in the darkest cavern. I hope that's enough time. I don't plan on being in here more than a few weeks, but you never know. I also have the, if I touch, I have the power of light. And if I touch anything, I can, it can light our way. Oh, like, like a party light. I am your party light. 
Dang. Is that a uh, is that a cantrip spell? It is. It's a. It's a. It is a level one cantrip for me. Okay. So if we need it, if we need it, I can. I can. Light, how, how, I can turn any object into. I can light up any object. How much like space does this like do? Like twenty feet or twenty five? Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. not yours. Uh, the fairy light. It it basically functions like a okay flashlight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fantasy medieval flashlight cool and uh so branthos actually hands you these you drive the cart a slight distance into this city and you can see that on either side of the road as you enter into the city there are buildings that look just like the buildings that exist outside in most places but they're all carved from stone you can see the remnants of a vibrant marketplace on either side of the gigantic paved entry road you see some deterioration as parts of the ceiling have fallen in and the road is broken in a few spots and there's a generally musty smell. You see that the main entry road seems to delve directly into the mountain straight and slightly downward as far as you can see into the dark. Um, And you also can see that your cart will not be able to pass as there are now large potholes and chunks missing from the road that can injure your horses or break your wagon wheels. And Flint, give me a quick um, investigation because you spot some dwarvish writing on the side of an old tavern called the Silver Nugget. (laughs) I got uh, 14. So you notice this writing and are able to translate it into common for everyone. And it says, enter the city at your own risk. And yeah, so that's what you see. You're kind of in this entryway. Is there anything you would like to do in the entryway? tie our horses securely somewhere with the wagon okay give me a uh, perception check to see if you notice any places to tie them that is a 19 yep that's good so you notice outside of the silver nugget the old tavern there is an old hitching post and it looks like that will be a good place to tie up your wagon and there's even a trough right ne- right there so that you can uh, give your horses a nice supply of food and there's a nice uh, water bucket there that is still actually a flowing fountain there's still water flowing into it so. mace core get over here you're the one in charge of feeding them uh i then put a bunch of feed pet them and say we're gonna miss you we're gonna miss you all and could we also investigate the tavern yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could go inside and uh, take a oh, look and I hope give me a perception I hope check. there's drinks. Perception <laughs> is my middle name. 21. All right, so you look around the tavern, and it appears that it's been largely stripped of all of its items of value and use. But behind the bar, Mace Core, you find a small keg of liquid that smells vaguely of cherries. Mm. I... Call out to my team. Hey, guys, I found some uh, cherry-smelling maybe ale. Do you want to try it? Uh, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> uh-huh. Le- you and Flint are always very willing to try the alcoholic beverages. Locio looks like she's going head first into the... the yeah. Oh, for the sure. Plant. For sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that was a little, I guess, a little stopper hole, and you're able to take that out, Mace Core, and you find an old dusty glass, and you pour a little bit of this liquid for Felosio. Um, and Felosio, are you going to down this liquid? Uh, absolutely, yeah. All right. Rot row. <laughs> Let's see. You Rot are row. going to take five poisoning damage. Oh, dang it. <laughs> and what you taste, because you were brave enough to taste it, is that at some point this was some sort of cherry-based liqueur, but it has fermented well past its prime. 
and is now almost 100% alcohol. Um, and it also has don't, it also don't has it. some forms of like probably some botulism or almost a gasoline type flavor. So it's it's about probably like a one gallon keg and it's in like a little wooden keg. So oh, so we could like carry it with us? Yeah, if you would like to, it's small okay. enough to bring with you. <laughs> don't, 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 no, nobody else drink that. Do you want to take it or should I put it in my... Uh, but uh, let's take it with us. Um, yeah, why don't, Mace, Mace Corps, can, I'll take can it. you carry I'll that? Take it. And we might be able to use it honestly to be like a bomb of some kind and ignite something if we need to in the future. Um, all right. So that was in the tavern. Now what? Is there any, are there any other stores or anything around? Um, let's see. There is an old marketplace across the road from the tavern. Um, that looks like the only other place that will be worth exploring. If you want to, you can go take a look. It's kind of like a little bazaar with like the remnants of street stands where people would sell and buy goods. Any anyone want to go look around? Let's go look. Let's go see what's cool. there. All right. So Genril, give me a perception check and let's see what you find there. Twenty three. Wow. So Genril, you go over to this marketplace, and again, it's been largely stripped of everything useful, but you find a couple of uh, a pair of traditional miners' hats with oil Ooh. lamps, um, and they do have about half. They're about half full of oil, and you also find two rusted out buckets. Like rusted so up to you, you can... or just rusty? No, like rusted through. Okay, so we don't want that. We don't need them. But we take them. I'll take the miner's hats. I got. I will take those with us. All right, cool. Nice. Anyone else? Yeah, anyone else going to do anything there? I feel like I was along with her and saw the same things and saw her take them. Yeah, I'd say so. So Brent, when you come back out of this marketplace, Branthos is waiting near the, the cart where he tied it up. And he says, well, this is the part I know, the main street on the top level. I never delved much deeper into the mountain than that. Other dwarves stopped going further into the tunnels after rumors that people started disappearing. Flint, did you see any of this in your vision? I didn't get this far. <laughs> All right, so... He uh, he kind of stops at that at that line, you know, mentioning these rumors of people disappearing, and uh, you all sort of start shuffling in the direction of the the rest of the mountain. As you begin to venture into the mountain, you see that the long straight entry road leads in several directions. Um, you you come to you know a couple of forks, um, but the main road seems to keep delving straight. And quickly after you get out of this main entry area, um, there are fewer buildings and fewer establishments, and you start to get a bit of a sort of death-type smell wafting up from the lower levels. Oh, boy. And Branthos starts to say under his breath, this is a big mistake. We shouldn't be here. And uh, yeah, that's where you are. So anything that you want to do in terms of like navigating or anything like that, uh, so our main option is straight, but there's a few branching. Yeah, there, uh, there's, you, let's say you've reached a fork, actually. So now you, your main entry road either goes to the right or to the left, and you have to is choose. The, is the terrible smell coming from one direction or the other, or just kind of in general? It's just kind of general. Okay. Like a little bit of like a roadkill kind of smell. Okay. Mm. <laughs> should we split up and investigate, or do you want to stay together? I think we should... S- Stay together. Wanna, yeah. Can can we see adequately, or can we use um, like the miner's hats to see? I can see sixty anything? feet in the dark too. 
So each of the forking roads kind of bear <laughs> to the right and the left. Okay. And so you can't see too far. Um, they're just kind of like Branthos explains that the roads kind of take on these like long looping spirals that drop you down to the lower levels, basically like inside of a parking garage, okay. but on a much bigger scale. Um, Branthos, is everything past this point just places where they were mining, or are there towns further down? No, there's there will be other places where uh, industry, but also homes, and, and you know, the, there are tunnels that go to the higher levels of the other parts of the mountain from here, too. Which way should we go here, lass? Uh, I'm gonna head off right and just go for it. Shall we all go? Let's do all it. do that. Alright, and Branthos comes with you. So you round the corner to the right... And I am going to need everyone to make a strength saving oh, throw, please. <laughs> oh my Sorry, God. everyone. Way to go. Yeah. Natural 11. 20. Uh, <laughs> three. Oh, no. And I'm so tiny. I'm tiny. What'd you get, Flint? Six. Six. So three, six. And what was yours, Mace Core? 11. So Flint, Mace Core, and Genril. Each of you feels, you feel all of the metal items that you have on your person, specifically like weapons and shields and things of that nature, start to slip from their hooks and their straps and pull down this tunnel. And you are unable to grab on and hold on to them and they go flying down this tunnel. Jinky. you You currently do not have any of your metallic items. Felosial, you feel this same thing happening and you are able to hold on to your flail and the flail goes flying down this tunnel with you hanging on to it. <laughs> I'll see you guys and... later. <laughs> uh... Gotta get her. As this happens, you all hear a rusted metallic scraping sound coming from ahead of you in the darkness and you hear a thunk as Felosial's flail arrives at its destination. And what you see when that happens... I'm going to say, hello? Is you see a large pile of scrap metal formed up in the shape of a large troll or humanoid type figure. One of the arms is a gigantic cartoony horseshoe-shaped magnet to (laughs) to which all of your weapons and shields and armor are sticking, including... Felosial's flail and her other items and Felosial is currently hanging from the handle of her flail that is stuck to this magnet and in its other arm this this beast has just a giant piece of machinery and you can see lightning sort of crackle or electricity sort of crackling and sparks as this thing drags its feet on the ground and I think that's a good stopping point. Cool. A ragdoll. You know what you're going to get. It's like life. Um, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. 